Welcome to Royal C-Suite Truth, the ignition point for global impact and your compass for innovation. In this hive of game changers, we empower transformation, connecting one story at a time. So buckle up for a deep dive into the realities of the C-Suite as we continue our journey together. So let's get started. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Simon Cotton. How are you doing, Simon? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> Very good. Um, I'm doing well, and I'm right in the middle of Scotland now. So I'm in Perthshire, which is the beautiful heart of Scotland. Well, I, 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 can, I can hear the beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. Simon Cotton is the owner and chief executive at McNaughton Holdings Limited, a 240-year-old family-owned weaving company in Scotland. McNaughton makes the world's largest selection of traditional tartans and beautiful wool Uh, wool home interiors fabrics for the global luxury market and i think your mission to create products designed with passion and made with integrity i think it's just remarkable again very thankful i can talk to you today simon thank you wonderful so let's dive right in so what inspired you to pursue a career in leadership and how did you make it into the c-suite Yeah, it, it's been a strange journey because I never set out with a with a specific ambition of I'm going to do this or or, or that. I just love business. I, I loved the the intellectual challenge of it. I loved working with people. I love that that team collaboration you get. Um, and yeah, I've enjoyed every minute of it. To be honest with you, on the journey, so it, it's led where it's led. <laughs> and can you give me an, an example of what what is an intel uh, um... Uh, a challenge, an intelligence, uh, no, not intelligence, uh, intellectual challenge, sorry. Yeah, I mean, when you're working out how to access a new market, for example, right. you're working out what your route to market would be and how you're going to get that product through there, and you're putting that together with what does the product need to be and what's the proposition. And, you know, it's like a multi, multi-dimensional jigsaw puzzle. Um, and of course, if you don't get one of those pieces right, then the whole thing doesn't work. But if it all comes together, then then lots of opportunity arises. Well, who doesn't love jigsaw puzzles, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. On that level. And besides that, what are the biggest challenges you face as a C-suite executive and how do you overcome them typically? So, so now I think what I'm seeing is that the challenge is, I think we spent a lot of time when, when I was younger, we were really focused on commercial growth. That was what we were focused on. If you get the customers, everything else will happen. And now I see the challenges as mostly back end. It's about people and it's about supply chains. And if yeah. you can get your people in place, you get good people in place and you can get your supply chains lined up and you can, you can have secure supply chains. There's business there. Um, yeah. but actually. People are very scarce. It's difficult to recruit now in the UK. Um, you know, it's difficult mm. to get skills. It's difficult even to get unskilled people to come in at times. Um, and your supply chains are very much in demand. And you can't rely mm. that if this supplier isn't existing, that there's going to be another one, you know, just around the corner who's willing to pick things up. So I think our orientation of our strategies is having to change. I don't think mm. we've yet fully got our heads around what that means. Um, but I do think things are changing very quickly. I think it, it sounds like it proved, uh, well, it's, it's, it's testing more to say, uh, you know, everyone involved, you know, the people you, you just mentioned, kind of like finding the right engaged people and also the flexibility uh, that they bring to the job, but also kind of like you as the leader uh, being flexible enough to deal with all these uh, 
well, with the pixel juggle and uh, puzzle again, jigsaw puzzle. Oops, I'm, I have a hard time today. So, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, absolutely. All right, if we can yeah. carry on the jigsaw puzzle analogy, right. then, you know, if you're trying to do a jigsaw puzzle and some of the pieces are missing, it becomes a little bit frustrating. So, you know, making sure you yeah. have all those pieces in place. And what are, you know, we're, last time I checked, we're all humans, right? So yeah. what are common mistakes you see leaders make and how can they avoid them? The most common thing I see is is leaders becoming carried away with ego. That mm. it's it's all the time. It's so easy. I mean, you're inviting me on this podcast, you know, as if flattering my ego, and suddenly I'm thinking, oh, I I know stuff. They're always asking me stuff, and uh, and therefore I I go one step further to believing my my own press releases and believing that I know the answer to everything. And I think we're at our best when we're a little bit humble and we recognize that the people around us who are doing the jobs every day are the people who know the best mm -hmm. answers. And it's just finding a way to get that information out of them and fitting it together with other people. Um, but there are a hundred temptations to give into that ego. Yeah, we, we don't want to go there today. Mm -hmm. So I totally can see that. So so what would be one valuable piece of advice you would give to other leaders looking to advance their careers? Yeah, so so the, the only piece of advice I tend to give to, particularly to young people as they're coming into their careers is whatever you're given, just give it 100%. Just treat mm -hmm. every role, whether, you know, my first, my first role, I was just photocopying pieces of paper and faxing out pieces, you know, pieces of paper. But I think if you treat those roles with disdain or you think that they're below you, then then you're never going to get out of, of that area. So I think treating everything with enthusiasm and giving it 100%, no matter what it is, is really important. Mm -hmm. But then there is also that bit that only a small part of what you really do is visible. You know, mm. um, you can work away 95% of the time, you know, you're working away on your things. And the only time it, people ever really notice is if you make a horrible mess of it. But then there's that 5% that's really, really visible tasks within the organization. And those ones mm. you cannot drop, you know, if, if you need to be there late at night, you need to do whatever you need to do. Those are the things. And you just need to have that radar for, you know what, this one is the one that they're going to bring up at my annual appraisal or they're going to mention to me to me later on and that's the one i need to really pay attention to i i can see it's clearing up so it's like you found uh, your way and this is a great advice to the next uh, line of aspiring leaders and i think it's it's very valuable so thank you for sharing that insight thank you wonderful so um when was the last time you had a breakthrough moment as a leader and what did you learn from that experience Sometimes breakthroughs come from your challenges, don't they? So um, <laughs> we, we had we had very recently a situation here where we want probably our most central person in the organization, certainly one of our big decision makers in the organization, um, decided it was time for him to leave and, and to do something else. And I looked at the organization and I was, you know, how can we operate without this person right at the center of it? And how can we keep things going? And it, it was it was quite a. It took me a while to really get my head around, okay, this is really happening and I've got to find ways to, to restructure things. And gradually we, we pulled apart that role and we compartmentalized it. We gave a bit here and a bit there and a bit to another person and we asked other people to step up. Um, and at the end of it, what I realized was 
we were going to have an organization as a whole, which yes, mm -hmm. it had lost a really skilled person, but the organization would work better because we relied too much on the star. You know, we weren't a well-rounded uh, team. All the decisions were made by one, or too many of the decisions were made by one person. And we had lots and lots of great people in the organization who could do that stuff. Um, so I, I learned we'd fallen into a little bit of a trap. You know, everything mm -hmm. goes to the, to the striker. Everything goes to the, the star player. Uh, mm -hmm. And actually, you know, you have to, the, the team has to be the, the thing that operates. I'm curious, what was the first step? Uh, what was the first question that you asked yourself that helped you get into that direction that you then uh, followed through? You, you know, it started off with the realization that we can't replace that mm -hmm. person with another one of that person. Because, you know, typically these people who build up lots of skills and they become very central, there's not another one sitting around with just that mix of skills. So then you have to really say, okay, well, if it's not that, how can we fill this big hole? Um, mm -hmm. And the answer was make it lots of little holes and fill each of those little holes one by one and, and mm -hmm. just uh, work our way around it. Now, we've still got work to do. That's, that's not going to be an easy thing anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but as I say, once we get through it, we should be in a situation that we can say, okay, This is now a more resilient organization than it, than it was before. Was it, was it um, kind of like a, um, a change of perspective to, to look at things? Or what, what was it in that moment? So there, there was a realization that came out of it, but kind of like what did you do exactly in that moment? Was it like, okay, let's just take a step back? Or what was it that... Uh, yeah, definitely a, step, definitely a step back. <laughs> I'm very lucky, I, I, I live in one part of Scotland and I, I work in another part of Scotland. So I, on a Friday night, I go back to my hometown and I drive for two and a half hours in an area with really poor radio signal and really poor uh, telephone <laughs> signal as well. So I get great thinking time. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes sometimes you just need that. You know, you just mm -hmm. need to, to go away and, and kick it around. And, um, you know, th there's, there's, there's not many things in this world that we can't solve, but, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of things where they can look unsolvable in the first minute. Wonderful example of uh, taking a step back and <laughs> glad you're in Scotland, <laughs> making, making it possible. So when was the last time you experienced a major failure in your career and how did you learn from that experience to become a better leader? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to use this question to tell a little bit of a story because sure. um, eight, eight years ago, uh, I, I was at a, doing a, a business trip and I had a dinner in Berlin. And just before the dinner started, um, I accidentally slipped from my chair, hit my head, Uh, not hard, you know, not, not, you know, no, no ambulances were called, you know, I got up <laughs> and I carried on and, uh, pretending everything was fine. And the next day I was in a little bit of pain. And the, by the weekend I was in the accident and emergency at my hospital because I was in excruciating pain and I, I, I just mm. couldn't, uh, I couldn't operate. I couldn't drive. Mm. And that pain continued really for several years, 24 hours a day. And I had something called post-concussion syndrome, so a small knock had caused uh, a, a brain injury. And it took me six and a half years. I was six and a half years with that. No. But actually, those years were my most successful years. And, and during that time, I couldn't read facial expressions. I couldn't mm. work out, you know, I, 
I had all these things tested and my, I, was, I was just off the charts of unable to read uh, facial expressions. I couldn't do basic recall. I struggled with multitasking. I couldn't answer the telephone when I was driving. Um, so there was lots of things that you could say, well, you know, shouldn't a leader be able to do these things? This is the very heart of leadership is, you know, knowing all the facts and figures, being able to read the expressions of your, of your team. And actually, I couldn't do any of those things. Yeah. And I analyzed this afterwards and I said, well, was it, were we just lucky? Were we just whatever? Mm -hmm. And I realized that what I was forced to do during that time is I had to rely 100% on the skills of my team. Mm -hmm. And that was 24 hours a day. It could never be about me. You know, that was taken away from me. I had to speak to my team, understand their perspective, simplify issues down to the most simple, simple form and really, really rely on their expertise. Um, and I've tried to keep that going since then, you know, so that I'm, I'm, I'm maintaining that, but it's really hard. It's really mm. hard not to suddenly go into that space where you go, oh, I know how to do this. And you forget to ask the other person who's actually the real expert. Mm. Well, that's very deep and very insightful. Well, thank you, Simon, for sharing this amazing story. We're already getting into Goosebumps territory. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the segue to my final question for today for you. So when was the last time you experienced Goosebumps with your family and why? So I'm going to tell you, this was actually last night, this story. So um, mm -hmm. one of the one of the children who lives with us as part of our family is coming up for her uh, a very significant birthday. And we had a birthday celebration last night. And my mm -hmm. two children got her these amazingly thoughtful gifts that were really personal. You know, they were really demonstrated that they understood. They, they, they loved her and they, they really understood what was important to her and they wanted to have that bond. And, you know, it's, you know, having children's amazing and wonderful and you get so much back from them. But actually seeing your children express love for each other is just mm. wonderful and it was just uh, such an, a nice uh warm warm experience so i've been thinking about that ever since yeah well keep it keep 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 the memories this is an amazing goosebumps moment uh, to share with us thank you simon for this beautiful goosebumps moment also thank you for our conversation it was a pleasure talking to you and i appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today very nice to speak to you thank you it was my pleasure Thank you for listening and as always, energizing results for you and your loved ones. As we anchor another transformative episode, remember, if today's tales resonated, then that's your ripple moment calling. Let's amplify this impact. I invite you with all earnestness to raid and champion Royal C-Suite Truth to a fellow pioneer, a visionary who craves this caliber of insights and transformation for a deeper plunge into the harmonious realms of business growth with home life motivation, set your course to royal.org and become part of our Ripple of Impact Alliance where mere ripples evolve into formidable waves. Until our paths intertwine again, remain that beacon, cherish the impact and above all, revel in every step of your journey.